Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon to you, and a happy Friday. I pray that wherever you are on this final Friday in September, that you are well, that you are overcoming by, in, and through the presence of the Lord, that you are drawing nearer to his heart you are falling in love with him in greater measure on this day than ever. Well, this is Ronnell Tate, lead pastor of the Father's House Frisco, coming to you again on our podcast, The Father's Table. And this is a segment we like to call Midday Meditation, where we dive into the word of the Lord. We listen to his voice, what he has already spoken to us and what he might want to say in this moment, in this hour. For the Lord is ever speaking. Oftentimes in this day and in this hour, we are looking for a prophet. And I love prophets. We're looking for prophetic voices and I love prophetic voices in this day and in this hour. They are needed more than ever. We're looking for them that they might give us a word from the Lord. And there's no problem with that. I'm all for it. However, daily, if we would pick up our Bibles... open them we could receive a word from the Lord personally for us every single day for the spirit of the living God is with us longing to commune and fellowship with us longing to reveal the things that are in the heart of the Lord for us and to us And so if you cannot or have not had an opportunity today to run by a man or a woman of God who happens to be a prophet or walks in a prophetic anointing, just open your Bible, which we should do anyway. For the spirit of prophecy resting upon men and women of God should be confirming to us, meaning we should already, it should bear witness with us. We should already have some idea, some inkling of what is being said. If we would 
open our Bibles daily, we can have a word from the Lord for our lives. And that is what this day is all about, this time together, this Friday. It is about us simply gathering in the middle of the day on a Friday <clears throat> to hear his voice for us, to see what he has already spoken thousands of years ago that is applicable for us, that applies to our lives this very day and this very hour. It is this Friday. It is for us to fall in love with his voice. You, you know, <clears throat> there are people in life whom when we get around them, we just love being around them. We have such joy and happiness in just seeing their faces. We love the sound of their voice and hearing words come off of their lips. Even if we don't see them, if we pick up the phone, if our back is turned and they walk into a room, joy fills our heart. This is what this segment, this time on our podcast is about. <clears throat> is that in the same way we do this with natural people and people affect us this way naturally. It is my prayer that Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit, we would be affected in like manner as we sit and listen to his voice. That we would love it, that we would love him even more. We would long to hear him. We would long to come daily and to just sit at his feet. For he is speaking more than any human being you could ever know. Daily, hourly, moment by moment, the Lord is speaking. And he is looking for someone. He is looking for those who will lean in and listen to what he has to say. May that be us today. Amen. Well, <clears throat> blessings again and welcome to those of you who have joined us live. And to those who will listen to this on replay, whether it be watching the video on YouTube, Vimeo, on Facebook, etc., or one of our podcasting platforms, we are so grateful to be back with you this Friday. My family and I were <clears throat> being refreshed at a conference last week, and so we did not do this podcast. We uh, shut everything down for a weekend as we just went to sit at the feet of the Lord to listen to what he has for us, to be strengthened and encouraged and infused with life. So we missed a Friday, but here we are again with you in the presence of the Lord. And I pray that you will be tremendously blessed during this time. 
we're going to uh, I want to pray as we <clears throat> dive into the word. We have, if you remember, for the last several weeks, we have possibly a couple of months or so, we have been talking about holiness, purity of life. And for the last several weeks, we have touched in, on Psalm 15, where there are 11 characteristics <clears throat> of the individual, the pure life of the individual who is able to dwell, to live in the presence of the Lord. And today we're going to <clears throat> just briefly pause that just for one week and not jump into that today because I want to jump into Psalm 2. Now, let's pray and then I'll, I'll tell you uh, why. Father, we love you. We honor you. We magnify you. We give glory and honor to your name for you are the only one who is worthy. We love you. We thank you today for your word and for your truth. May you have your way in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> I want to jump into Psalm 2 for today because we are living in a day and in an hour for many of us we are unprepared for it is shaking us to our core troubling us we don't know what tomorrow may bring and what the next day holds <clears throat> And yet, this day, this hour, and days ahead have been prophesied and spoken about. It's the reason why we must have a love for the voice of the Lord, a love for his word. For he is speaking and has already spoken through prophets, through men and women of God, the times that have gone by to ready us, to steady our hearts, to warn us about a day ahead that would come. <clears throat> in Matthew 24, and we'll jump back into Psalm 2 in one second, we'll start there. Matthew 24. The disciples came to Jesus, the Bible says, privately in verse 3. And they said to him, tell us when all these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And Jesus responds this way. <clears throat> he says, Take heed that no one deceives you. 
the disciples said, when, what will it look like when the end of the age has come? <clears throat> when Jesus died on the cross, gave his life for you and I, he died as us, took our place. It symbolized or declared the end of one age, the Old Testament, and declared the beginning of a new age, the church age, the new covenant, the birthing of the church. And I believe that 2020, <clears throat> many people said 2020, that number symbolized vision, clarity of vision. And if it did, then it would say that we finished another age. The disciples said, what can you tell us? What it will be, what will be the signs of the end of the age, the age of the church, the church age. Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you. That's the first thing he said. For many of us in the church, we felt that that would be people coming in the church, so to speak, and deceiving us, not in the world. not We were not thinking about news media. We were not thinking about... All of these things where we would uh, uh, have placed our trust in people to just give us the facts. Tell us the news as it needs to be reported, but that deception would abound. And he says this, for many will come in my name. They will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. I, I want to read this, that statement right there in one different translation, because many of us are thinking when we read that, we just simply think of Jim Jones and David Koresh, people who said that I am Jesus. And yes, that that is a part of I am the Christ. But that that word Christ, meaning anointed one. I walk in the anointing of the Lord. Let, let me read this different translation here for many will appear on the scene claiming my authority or saying about themselves I am God's anointed and they will lead many astray and I that's important because <clears throat> we were looking solely for the full extremists as I just mentioned these people who had cults and they would there was one um recently more recently in uh, miami florida and from my understanding I, I hadn't heard anything about him in a few years from my understanding he he died you know a year two years ago I, I don't know what it was but he was an individual who came saying that he was jesus in the flesh and one of the ways that you know that he was deceiving people and but people were flocking is that he was fulfilling his own lust and fleshly desires by telling his congregation that he was doing away with sin, the idea of sin, and everything was back on the table and we can do whatever we wanted. 
take heed <clears throat> for many will come in my name saying I am the Christ or I come in the authority, the anointing of the Lord. I am the Lord's anointed. I carry God's authority. And he says, and they will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. He says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. The just the beginning, the birth pains. They will deliver you up to tribulations and kill you and they you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another and will hate one another. Then false prophets will rise and deceive many and on and on. All nations for my name's sake will hate you. Jesus told his disciples that. Now, Psalm 2, and I'm reading this is because we live in different different day today oh you, you know what one more phrase i wanted to let me uh, I, I have to mention this let me out of matthew 24 he says and lawlessness will abound we're beginning to see more of this the love of many will grow cold uh, do, 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 where is it at but he endures to the end will be saved looking for a specific phrase and I just thought about it. Mm -mm. But he says in here that they there will be pandemics. Hold on. Let me. There's another there's a specific phrase. Let me see if I can find it. Over here. I didn't think about it until just now. You will hear of wars nearby and revolution on every side. <clears throat> Don't panic or give in to your fears for the breaking apart of the world system is destined to happen. But it won't end yet. It shall be, un be still unfolding. Nation will go to war against each other and kingdom against kingdom. There will be terrible earthquakes. Se seismic, seismic events of epic proportion. Here it is. Horrible epidemics and famines in all types of places. Epidemics, what we are facing, we've called it a pandemic. And I wanted to mention that as we jump into Psalm 2. <clears throat> Because we are living in this time where, I don't know about you, but I've had enough of the pandemic that we are facing. I've had enough of the lies of the news media, so much so we have blocked news channels in our, in our home, on our cable subscription platform to not be fed. I want to be fed with truth and truth only. But we have been 
warned about these. And the Lord has said something in Psalms 2 concerning this day. Concerning what we're facing now and what is to come. And for many of us, it is good news and it is encouraging news. And for some of us who do not serve the Lord, who may be listening, for some of us who may be listening or will listen, desire that this aspect of Christianity and Christ's life would just go away. I want it out of my face. It is not so good news for you, but for those of us who follow the Lord and have given our lives to him, it is very good news. But for those in this day whom it is not good news, it can become good news because the Lord loves you. He longs to know you. And the reason we are doing this is because what we have been talking about, the purity of life and holiness of life, they're tied in together. In the sense that as the day approaches upon us, as we walk into these difficult seasons and difficult time and age where the enemy is raging all around us, I will want to be closer to him and nearer to him, which means that I would want, in order for that to happen, I must walk like he walks. Hebrews 12 says, without holiness, we cannot even see him, let alone get near him. So I would want to walk in a way that allows me to draw close. Everyone who's in love understands this. When a man fi finds the woman, when he discovers the woman who will become his bride and his wife, he changes the way that he lives prior to meeting her in order to get her to notice but also to remain and stay. The woman who is in love and has found the man discovered the one who will be her knight in shining armor so to speak prepares herself to be a bride that he would adore and love and would want to always be with all of his days and so it is when I know that Jesus when I've recognized and declared that he is my life and I give my life to him I would want to live a certain way and in ways that are fully pleasing to him. Ways that would cause him to draw in my direction and want to be with me as well. Holiness is Psalm 2. It says this. And on this podcast, I don't know how many weeks back, but at some point I have said... And I know during our own church services, I have said and to my family that everything that is taking place is a war from the enemy to eradicate Judeo-Christianity from the earth. It is why Israel, the smallest plot of land, smallest nation in the world, and yet it's the most valuable piece of real estate ever. The nations 
warring to kick Israel out, to destroy Israel, and yet have not been able to. The Bible says that Israel belongs to the Lord, yet Jerusalem is his city. It belongs to him. And the church, this nation of America, the reason there has been this push, push to destroy it from the inside out and from the outside is because we for so long have been this representative of Christianity, not only here, but to the world. And there is this push by the enemy that if you can destroy this nation, we can eradicate Christianity and Christ and we can take over. Listen to what he says in Psalms 2. I have a couple of different translations here, and it's nine verses, so I'll read it. Well, actually, it's 12. I'll read it straight through in one, and then we'll come back and just pick pieces. It says, Why do the nations rage, and, they, and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Ah, but verse 4 says, He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep dis displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree that is said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possessions. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, verse 10, be wise, O king. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Verse 11, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Verse 12, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all those who put their trust in him. This passage is about what is beginning and what we are seeing and, and, and not just beginning, but these things have been plotted for a while now. We are beginning to see the open display and manifestation of them. For a while, we have had this push and this fight for a one world order and government. It is what this whole Paris Climate Accord was about that Donald Trump, when he was president, removed us from. And what it is about, it is governments of the world, rulers in authority saying, we want nothing more to do with the constraints that Christianity, that Judeo-Christianity places upon us. 
We want to rid ourselves in their mind of the chains and the bondages that this God and Christ place upon us. And they are saying no more. It is the enemy influencing man, influence upon the earth. In the New Living Translation, that verse one says, why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together. Now listen to whom they plot together against. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, verse 3, and free ourselves from slavery to God. Uh, if you've ever heard this, you've heard it coming from certain groups here even in our nation. If if a believer comes out and says that the lifestyle of homosexuality is immoral and it is against the ways of the Lord, you will hear the outcry that that is old, uh, that is old school thinking, that it is not progressive and it is hate language. Yet it is the language of the Lord. It is the word of the Lord of how he created mankind in Jeremiah and in Romans the Bible says cannot the, the potter potter create the clay in my paraphrase in the way that he chooses cannot the creator of mankind say this is how he created his creation to be. There is an argument that says that I was born this way. I was born a certain way. And even now, since we have opened the floodgates to evil flowing in our nation, there are people coming out with all types of ways of life saying I was born this way. And yet scripture would lead us to this thought is that no, I was not born this way. However, there is an enemy who has polluted and corrupted my thought process, who has polluted and corrupted my heart, the heart that the Lord has placed inside of me. He has tainted. Jesus says this about the enemy in the gospel of John chapter 10, verse nine. He says, for the thief, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is his DNA. That is his mode of operation. That is his assignment. That is what he does. Steal, kill, and destroy. He'll steal your life. He'll steal your destiny. He'll kill. He'll dis destroy your operation in life. The Lord created man and woman and he created us to function in a certain way and capacity. And there will be people who hear that statement and will say that is not progressive. Why we are trying to cast off restraint. Jesus said in Matthew seven thirteen, 
Well, let me give this one first. In, in Proverbs, he says, There is a way of man, but it leads to death. It is this idea that man has his way that he wants to live. And he says, we don't want to be constrained any other way. But the Bible says in Proverbs that it leads to death. Jesus said in Matthew 7, he says, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. Life is found in this narrow path, this difficult way where there are major constraints. The constraints are not to keep me from living. The constraints are to bring me to a place where I actually come alive. He says, but wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. These are Jesus's word, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. You can read them. He says that lead to destruction. And he says there are many, the vast majority go this way. But the ones that choose the narrow path, the difficult way, so often we are looking for the easy way out of things and the easy way to get in, to do things. And we don't know when we're constantly looking for easier ways. Sometimes they're leading us from finding true life. I don't know about you. But there's a process that you've discovered. There's a process to everything in our life. But what we have done in our society is we've tried to find shortcuts around the process. But the process it was, is what makes us ready to stand in the thing that we're after. And he says, Jesus says, the gate is narrow and it's difficult. This is the way to life. And he says, there's few that find it. And what we have in our day right now is this passage. In the Passion, it says, How dare the nations plan a rebellion? Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the power brokers of the world rise up to hold their summit as the rulers scheme and confer together against Yahweh and his anointed king. All that we see taking place where there are questions and uh, I, I, it's my podcast, so I'll just say this, where I have a belief that there is a coordinated effort in our, our media to push certain narratives. They're trying to coordinate and, and place things in your mind to cause you to see and think a certain way. Why? That you might be controlled by a certain amount that are in power. We want to cast off restraint. We want to cast off, they cried, the bondage of the Lord. We want to break his chains. You know, we, we look at what the Lord requires of us. We look at living purely. Look at living holy. As trying to, that, that, it, that I'm being chained. That I'm being held down. That I'm being you know how the immature, the child, child mind is you're trying to stop me from fun. No, no, no. 
I'm trying to stop you from having brokenness in your life that it takes you two decades to recover and repair from. How many of us, the adults who are in the 30s and 40s and, and up, how many of us, we, we, we may, maybe we didn't have people to teach us how to have constraints and live a constrained life. Uh, 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 maybe we had people to teach us the wrong way or allow us, our parents, just to do whatever we wanted. And now we're, we're, we're in our 30s and we're, we're trying to overcome pain. We're trying to overcome uh, loss and failure and hurt. And we're feeling we are living as though the Lord does not love us and, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with us. Why? Because we didn't have constraints that would lead us to life. And now we're looking back and we're saying, I wish someone had told me this. I wish someone had done this for me. I wish they had placed the constraints of the Lord around me so that I, I wouldn't be living today with the shattered heart. I, I wish that someone had told me or, or I wish I had listened that I wouldn't be dealing with the pain of being a divorcee and 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 broken relationships and family and and I, I i i struggle with feeling as though i'm enough and i struggle with low self-esteem and rejection why because i felt what was being asked of me or i was taught this that it was trying to constrain me from what i thought was fun jesus said in john that same passage of John chapter 10 he says the thief the enemy has come to steal to kill and to destroy but then he says but I have come I'm negating what his he's doing if you will come to me but I have come that you might have life in abundance that you would have an abundant life. It does not say that you would have life of abundance, meaning wealth beyond measure, but you would have a full life. The nations are raging today in our nation. People and leaderships, we've had, we've allowed people groups to influence government legislation and things going forth. Because we want to break off what we have called the constraints of the Lord. We don't want them to be in the knowledge of the people. Why? The enemy knows that's true freedom. But he's deceived us into thinking that it's prohibiting my true freedom. He goes on in verse 4. I love this. Verse four, you, you know, and you can see all over the world constraints in Canada. They're trying to constrain the people, control the people, trying to silence the church, throwing pastors in jail. Here, you can't go to church. Used a health scare to create fear in the people. Because if you go back through history, 
when fear was introduced into a people, you could get people to move and to do whatever you desired for them to do. And this health crisis has cost people their lives. Physically, people lost their lives. A large percentage of them had other health issues that when introduced with this one, took them out. There have been major issues. I do not want to discount this. But the greatest thing that has happened is that people have lost their freedom who it's just a freedom of living. The freedom of moving about. The freedom of connection. That is the greatest freedom. That this fear has robbed us of. Is family. Because if I can keep you from being together. I can isolate you. Proverbs 18.1 says he who isolates himself rages against all wise judgment. The enemy always wants to isolate us because our power and our strength is in our togetherness. It is in our being one where we commune and fellowship and talk and strengthen and build one another up. So we shut down the places where freedom can come from, the voice of the Lord. I want to silence churches. Our nation still has not recovered. There are people today who were go going to church, were being filled with the presence of the Lord, were receiving the life-giving word of God who no longer go who have fallen away from following the Lord. And all over you see it where you have leaders rising to place greater constraints, remove freedoms upon their people. And they're doing it in the name of safety. Not in the name of the Lord, who is the true safe place. Because they want to cast off the constraints. The New Living says, verse 3 again, let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. Because I want to do what I want to do, not knowing that the enemy is leading me down the broad path of destruction. Because I don't know that it's in the narrow corridor that life is found. It is in the difficult way that I come alive. It is in this place and in this way that I live. Because it's where he is. But verse 4, here's the good news for us. Here's the starting of the good news. He who sits in heaven shall laugh. God the Father sits upon his throne and he laughs at them. The New Living says, but the one who rules in heaven 
laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He finds it funny that they think that they can come together in power against him. And you say, well, why is man doing that? It is the very thing that the devil himself did in the beginning. He thought that he could be God. And he turned a third of the angels onto his side. They took counsel and plotted. And he was cast down. And now he influences men and leaders and rulers and people with large sums of money to do the same thing because their trust is in their wealth. Their trust is in their measure of power. Their trust is in themselves. And they are raising themselves up into a position to be God. So we must cut off the restraints of Judaism, of Christianity, because those constraints say that there is one God. And we must bow to him. And they want to raise themselves up as God. The nations of the world. And he laughs at them. He scoffs at them. Then it says, then verse 5, he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. I am saying to you, do not lose hope and do not lose heart. For the Lord sees he knows this has already been decreed and declared thousands of years before that it would happen. And it is just happening that we are entering. We've entered the last age and this period of time where the Lord is looking and he sees. And he in his wrath, his anger. He will distress them. You and I must continue to seek his face and to trust him and to pray his prayers, to pray his decrees, pray his desires. He has promised that he will distress them for they seek to take a position and a place and a seat reserved for him and him alone. For listen to what he says. I have chosen my king. He says, I will distress them in his deep displeasure, right? Why? Verse 6, I have set my king. I have already chosen my king. And there is one king who shall rule the nations. And if you refuse to bow to him you and lead according to his way, you have set yourself above him. And he will not stand for it. For the Lord declares the new living. I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem on my holy mountain. Let me see what the passion says. I myself have poured out my king on Zion, my holy mountain. And he says, I will declare the decree. Listen to this. The king, Jesus is the king, proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Listen to what he says. Verse 8. Ask of me. He tells the son. 
This is what I want you to ask of me. This is what I desire. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. In other words, all of the rulers today in this hour and at this moment who are plotting, not knowing that it is the enemy who is driving their decisions and they're plotting and they're coming together. Their nation belongs to the king, King Jesus. The book of Revelation says he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He says, I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. They belong to the Lord. It is why in Matthew 24, where I read in the beginning about the things that would take place. These are the beginnings of sorrow. And then he says, these things will begin to happen. He says, but the end is not yet. Why? He tells you for this gospel. The gospel of the kingdom will be declared in all the earth. Why? The nations belong to him. He wants his inheritance. You are his inheritance. Nations are made up of people. You are his inheritance. You listening to me right now, your family, you are the Lord's inheritance. Which means that at this moment, your life is owed to him. To lay down your life, to say, I make you the Lord of my life and I give my life to living for you and serving for you. Why? Because he gave his life for you. He took your place. He took my place. The nations are his inheritance and the ends of the earth shall be his possession. It, it continues. The good news continues. Verse 9. He says, you shall break them with a rod of iron. Oh, they may seem as though they're powerful and mighty with weapons and resources at their disposal, but they are nothing. They are nothing. Any ruler, any leader who wants to align themselves with the enemy of the kingdom, the devil himself, they're no match for the king. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Verse 10. He says to the kings and the rulers and the leaders, the presidents, whatever title they go by in the earth. He says, now, therefore, be wise, O king. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. He says, listen to what I'm saying. Uh, the, the passion says, listen to me, all you rebel kings and all you upstart judges of the earth. Learn your lesson while there's still time. He says, listen, listen to me. Here is your final warning. Here is the one warning I give you. He says, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. The nations belong to the Lord. And every ruler, every leader is to give their life to him and lead from his place. Lead from heaven 
the third heaven to the earth. And we have leaders casting off restraint. He says to them, kiss the son. Least he be angry and you perish in the way. The New Living says, submit to God's royal son. Or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. The, the passion says, fall face down before him and kiss the son before his anger is roused against you. And here is what he says to those who trust in him and follow him even in the midst of chaos around us. Blessed, he says. He finishes it off. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Blessed to be envied, favored, happy are the ones who put their trust, their complete hope, their life in him. Why? Because he is forever faithful and true. His name is truth. His name is faithful. The book of Revelation tells us this. He is, his name is faithful. His name is trust. He is true. He is worthy. He says that this hour, what we're facing, this time since when it began at the end of 2020 or in the middle of beginning of 2020, at the end of Donald Trump's, that, that presidency, that fourth year of that first term, the enemy took an opportunity and began to rage. And it has been raging. He has been raging. But the Lord says, I know. I see. I have plans to handle it. Trust me. Put your trust and your hope in me and the abundance of life that I have for you. Don't run and look at the enemy who's come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Who's come to destroy your hope. Who's come to kill your will to live. Who's come to destroy your dreams. He says, no, I'm bigger and more powerful than he is. And I'm cleansing and shaking my house. I'm cleansing and shaking the nations that they would turn to me. No trust with everything. This season, this time we're in has not caused, caught the Lord off guard. There is a war against the ones, against the king, against the Lord whom we serve, and against the ones who would put their trust in him. And today, if you say you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're a believer, come to give you good news that our king 
fights for us. Our king knows he loves us and he will defeat all of our enemies. But you stand firm. Do not move. And those who are listening and you do not serve the Lord. He is coming. And this is your moment and your hour. To come to him. Because if you do not. You will be a casualty in his way when he comes. But he loves you. And you are an inheritance for the life that he has already given for you. Father, we love you and we're so thankful for your goodness. I pray that you would grip one's heart right now who may call you their father, their Lord, to be more resolute, to strengthen their back, to be more firm, to cut away things in their life that are not pleasing to you, that they might be pleasing in everything. And I pray that you grip one's heart who is not living for you, who does not know you, but they desire to put on your life that they might know true life. Bring them to a place of freedom in you. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you today and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life and you want to go about living for him and you need to know how, you want to become a follower, you want to be a disciple of Christ, I encourage you to contact us. Email us at family at hispresence.church so that we can reach out with you. Message us if you're watching on Facebook on the Father's table, message us on the Father's house Frisco, message us so that we can get in touch with you and we can begin to lead you in that process of living for him, walking the narrow road, taking the difficult way. Email us, family at hispresence.church. You can call us as well, 469-636-7236. That is the number for the Father's House Frisco, 469-636-7236. And we would count it a privilege and an honor to walk you through this process of becoming his son, his daughter, that you might gain life unto yourself. Amen. Well, I bless you. I'm so grateful that you have taken the time to join us today, and I pray that you have been blessed today, that you truly have been encouraged in some way. I know that's a, that's a heavy message, but I pray that it was encouraging to you that we have a king who knows, and he will fight for us. He is coming. I pray that you are strengthened through this today on this Friday for it is the word of the Lord and we must take all of the scriptures of promise as in every form that they come we must listen to his voice where he is promising us great things we also must listen to his warnings and his challenges to us to live the life that he has for us because it is the only way that we can live it in abundance well I'm grateful that you've joined us today 
I pray that you receive something out of the word of God for yourself that will bring you into greater transformation because that is this life in essence is to look like him and to be like him. Amen. Well, this has been Pastor Ronald Tate, your host here on the Father's Table podcast. This is a segment on Fridays that we have we have called Midday Meditation. Well, I bless you. I pray that you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend in the presence of the Lord. And until next time, when we'll see you next Friday, October 1st, as we are moving into a new month, I pray that you are blessed that the Lord's voice would become clearer every single day. We need to be able to hear him in this day and this hour would become even clearer for you and that you would live the life you were created to live, the abundant life. God bless you, and we will see you next Friday. Bye-bye.